everyone and welcome to this week's episode of No Really I'm Fine. We're bringing you a special series called Mental Health Against the Coronavirus. We thought it would be really helpful to give our listeners out there some support and advice and share other people's stories during their lockdown and self-isolation. It's really important to look after your mental health during this time and, and, and in any time really. Um, and we hope by bringing you these stories and, and sharing every, each other's experiences, it will um, make you feel less lonely in this difficult time. So today I am joined by Jamie Yates. Now, for our loyal listeners, you may recognise Jamie. He appeared as a guest on our series one now, I think it was, yet yeah, series one, uh-huh. to share his story. So Welcome back, Jamie. Are you really fine today? <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, do you know I, it's it's strange. I'm 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 doing well uh, so far. I'm bearing up just fine. Uh, in some in a lot of ways, I I keep saying this, but I felt like the last two years have almost been training for something like this. <laughs> you know, I've been I I've I have literally since I've been back sort of on my own and stuff and after everything that happened um I've uh yeah I I really set out to learn how to be able to cope with life and manage my mental health and get the best out of myself and and and, and look after myself by myself if that makes sense so yeah. um so yeah I mean I I like I say yeah I'm, I'm very well prepared and I also I feel that <laughs> I put kind of a bit of a, a jokey kind of status up on Facebook or Twitter. I can't remember at the beginning of all this, just saying now is the time for like the nerds and the loners to shine. Really, we've all been preparing for this all our lives. Really, I think in some ways where I can keep myself busy at home, you know. And it's actually only at the moment when I go outside that and remember this odd situation we're all in. That's when it, it actually gets me down going outside going going to the trying to go to the shops queuing up at Aldi or whatever but when I'm at home I've got so much stuff to do I'm, I'm just dead busy and um and my situation has developed again in the last few days because my daughter's now down with me I didn't think I'd see her through the whole of this so um we did manage to arrange a, a halfway point uh, between here and where she lives up in Scotland so I've got my six-year-old and my new cat and we're uh we we are doing fine is fine is the the right word for it yeah we're doing good <laughs> good and I'll come I'll come back to to um, Enid in a bit but it was yeah. it's me should mention the fact that you feel a bit more affected when you go outside because I'm I'm quite the same really like me and my partner went to Aldi this morning to do a big shop and I just I just hate it I hate I mean I hate crowded places anyway but I hate the fact that. You know, you have to go in on your own and, and it's quite a challenge, isn't it? Especially to try and stay away from people as well in, in the supermarkets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I, in some ways I, I, it's kind of made me really realise that I do do that anyway. Um, <laughs> but now, like, I've got a real reason to be really annoyed with someone if they come too close to me. Whereas in general life, I do try and kind of like wind in and out of the crowd, either if I'm on foot out and about or if I'm driving I do this I, ju- I, I try and stay away from it. <laughs> not not everybody all the time because I love meeting up with the people I really love and spending time with people and in with 
with the people I really care about or um and and I, I you know really uh really trust and stuff I'm the most sociable person in the world but out in the general public I do try and weave my own little you know I, I'm not not literally crossing the road from people although now I do do that yeah <laughs> with this but it's it's like you kind of I I I always describe myself as for someone who's who's had a lot of times in my life of feeling very very down and um you know and my my sister-in-law used to say you know oh you're so grumpy and I'm, I'm not like I actually think I'm a really optimistic person and I see the best in people but on the flip side of that when you see the worst of people it really either makes me furious or really depressed and so in the moments like the other day where I went to Aldi and I, I'd sort of I managed to put off queuing for a supermarket until um, until I knew Enid was coming. So I think it was Friday I did an, an Aldi uh, shop. And I didn't have to queue for that long, but somebody was having a go at the poor guy on the door because, he, you know, he'd said, no, it's only one person at a time. So he had to go in and then wait for his partner. And then he just stood in the doorway. He went in, but just stood there. So whoever was coming next would have to be right near him. And if other, you know, just when people, people were being inconsiderate and throughout this, past couple of weeks for me it's it brings out such good in the best people mm. but it brings out such bad in the worst people I've got this a bit of an obsession when I go for my occasional little walk and I do you know what I haven't been going out that much like I say because I just I don't I don't want to expose myself more to other people's you know bad behavior and, and selfishness because <laughs> that just it gets me down yeah but you go for a walk and every five yards there's a a latex glove on the floor so that is what coronavirus is all about is it right okay we're all we'll all self-isolate and we'll all be very careful and we'll all you know you know use lots of hand sanitizer and wear latex gloves but then we'll just chuck them in the road great mm. well done humans i think you know it's moments like that i find myself the other day walking down walton vale thinking we deserve to die out as a species we're terrible look at this someone lobbed a, a rubber glove out of the car window and i was just like no that's it just press the button, finish us off. We don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I can go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So you think oh, anyway. I might as well just stay in then. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> for, for the listeners who perhaps has, haven't heard your story, um, yeah. could you give us a brief bit of background? Okay, I'll, I know, I'll I know try. It's quite uh, hard for yes. us because you've been through a yeah, lot. Yeah, I don't, I, don't I, I really enjoyed listening, actually. I thought I wouldn't be able to listen to myself when I did the podcast the first time but I did listen back and I was kind of proud of myself I can talk for England but um you know I did I thought I'd find it really cringeworthy and awkward but I listened to it and I thought no no it, it sounded okay I think the only thing I felt was I don't want this to s sound like you know I'm turning it into a fathers for justice no, <laughs> I mean... situation but I it yeah basically so two years ago just over two years ago very suddenly my marriage came to an end um up in scotland very remote part of the highlands of scotland and um my wife and my my little girl who was then only or just coming up for four and i was told i had to move out and and i just went into shock really i, I spent a week in a psychiatric unit i mean I, I i wasn't um i wasn't sectioned but i didn't even really particularly sort of self-admit i was just in so much shock that uh i just kind of found myself in there <laughs> um and came out and we were up in um oban on the west coast of scotland and i 
I didn't have, you know, didn't have any anywhere to live initially. I ended up was um, a friend kind of put me up, but I, I had to register homeless effectively because I didn't have my own address properly. And I was just, my contract and my job came to an end. And I thought the only way for me to survive is to get away from here and start my life again. So I came back to Liverpool, which is where I was born. I know I don't sound like I'm from here, but it's always felt like home, even though I grew up in the, the southeast of England. But um, I've been trying to find a way back here for, for years and years and years and finally did um, through these kind of difficult circumstances. And I haven't, I haven't been able to work full time. I, I, I had a lot of kind of uh, physical and um, sort of autoimmune issues as a knock on from the stress and the anxiety and everything and just trying to rebuild your life at sort of 38 39 and moving away from my child that was that was the real killer for me that that I got to a point where you know in the, in the immediate aftermath of that where I felt the only way out was to to end my life and I, I didn't make an attempt I had a very clear plan of what I was going to do and I kind of stood there and looked stared into the abyss of of what that would be but I I, I managed to keep going and it was my daughter that kept me going and really um and and the thought of doing anything that would uh, you know damage damage her. So we've 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 made a good go of it, and she loves coming down to Liverpool. It's broadened her horizons. She's six, going on sixteen now, and um, we're doing good. So yeah, there we go. I've been very lucky to meet Enid, and she's she's a lovely little girl. You should be should be very <laughs> proud. Going back to the start of as the coronavirus began, sort of thing. Let's mm-hmm. take it back before we went into lockdown. Now I know football is a big passion of yours and you are a Everton supporter as most of my fam- That's right. most of my family are but sadly I'm a red but uh, we won't go into that. Hey, well today today of all days yeah the coming together obviously isn't it so yeah. yeah now if ever it's a time where anyone who has this belief that football's more important than life or death needs to have a real think yeah. I think don't they and I don't I'm from a half and half family I've just had news this morning that my uncle married to my, my mum's sister so he's not a blood relative but we're very very close and his elderly mother has just passed away up in entry mm. hospital and and uh, the virus is seemingly what's kind of been the final kind of thing for her she she, she was in her 90s and 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 it's various other health issues and everything but you know it's very close to home now as soon as you know you know of someone that you know so mm, sorry to hear that it seems like that's um a situation for a lot of elderly, isn't it, who are already in hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very frightening. But what what were your thoughts about when the season finished and things like that? Well, it's one of those, isn't it, that I think it's very easy for people to, particularly in Liverpool, with with the way, you know, how Liverpool were getting on um, the season and, and stuff. I think it's very easy for people to jump on the thing of, oh, well, you know, Evertonians would want the season over because it will, ruin it for Liverpool and, and Evertonians could be saying, well, Liverpool want it to carry on at any cost because they're going to win. Well, I don't know. I think there's got to be a bit of a, you know, to me, to be honest with you, yeah, I'm a season ticket holder at Everton. I love going to the match. Um, it's not the game that I fell in love with as a little boy in the, the early 80s. You know, the game's had its heart ripped out a long time ago. And to be honest, I haven't missed it. I thought I'd miss the routine of going to the match a lot more than I have. I don't really watch it on telly anyway. So, you know, my sort of response to, to all of this will probably be a bit different to, to some other football fans. And while I am 
uh, yeah, I always describe myself as a massive football nerd. It's more about what's happened in the past, you know, and maybe that's another thing to do with being an Amazonian. But uh, I don't know. I think it's not important right now. I, obviously, I mean, gosh, if it was Everton who were 20-odd points clear at the top of the league and things, we'd all be going, oh, you know, this is just our luck. Um, but, you know, I, I think it'd be quite interesting to talk to some, say, some older Evertonians who were around when Everton won the league and then then two world wars broke out you know, yeah. um, in the past and uh, and pro- their progress was halted. Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Any, anyone who thinks that, that life is more important than that the football is more important than life and death right now, well, yeah, need to. This surely is a reality check. They'll have to figure something out, won't they? And it seems like it will get to a point where. How, you know, can they possibly be running two seasons alongside each other or what mm. What do they do? I, you know, it's so hard to know, isn't it? Mm. Um, I mean, we, we're, we're all just waking up, putting the news on and wondering what's going to happen today, aren't we, to, to a degree. So football seasons and no doubt rugby seasons and horse racing or whatever, they'll all be wondering, won't they? But uh, we'll just have to see. What's the um, atmosphere been like where you live then? Because you live right next to Goodison yeah. and I imagine it's a stark yeah. contrast to the hustle and bustle yeah. of, a, of a game day. I'm just around the corner now. I, since, since I spoke to you, I, I moved, um, literally it was around about that very week, I think. Uh, but I'm 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 just um, just on Rice Lane now, just not right next to the ground where I was on Winslow Street. But it's, it's, it's just eerily quiet, isn't it? I've, everywhere isn't it it's just mm-hmm. sort of um, like I say I, I really thought I would miss the just the routine of going to the match but to be honest I haven't I'm, I'm just I've just been cracking on at home and I haven't although I live in a big building I haven't really seen much of other people um, now Enid's here we've, we've been out kicking the ball around out the back um, a couple of times we've seen a couple of neighbours and stuff but it is everyone just seems to be kind of quietly trying to get on with stuff don't they or, or maybe that maybe it's just that everyone else in the whole world is in a queue outside a supermarket <laughs> i don't know does it does everyone really need this much groceries 24 7 i know i i got a big trolley full this morning like because we we haven't done a big shop for ages and yeah. we really needed a yeah. big shop for like the month yeah and i just felt like yeah. everyone was staring at me because i had so much stuff yeah, once you actually are in the shop, you do start thinking, oh, I better I'd get this and I better I'd get that, don't you? Yeah. So, I don't know, it is very strange. I, mean, I, I like cooking and, 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 and stuff, so I, I kind of managed to be fairly organised and, and get a load of stuff that I could make and put in the freezer and things. And um, so that's been another, you know. I'm I'm a sort of you know bit a little bit of an artist and do a bit of writing and things. So I, like I say, I've always got stuff that that can keep me busy at home. Um, so I've been tinkering away with a few bits and bobs like that, and I've you know uh, been making soup, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. But um, you know, I think I, I I love all the stuff that's going on online and like this is how we're dealing with it. And been talking on FaceTime. That's how I got through. We got through the last two weeks, really. I was probably on FaceTime for four or five hours a day over two or three spells with Enid while she was up at her mum's. And we realised basically it made more sense to get her down here because her mum's working from home, pretty much just shut away, working nine to five. And Enid was just sort of missing her friends at school and, and stuff. So, we, yeah, we're, I've got a bit more time I can commit to... Mm. 
Uh, and I don't know if you found it. Have you found you've been FaceTiming friends a lot more? And then, I mean, with me, I've been FaceTiming friends and then thought, why don't we do this more anyway? <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Because I've, I've spoken to people that I never had spoken to on like on a video chat or and, and more so on the phone. So I'm not a great phoner, you know, that like something, I think this is maybe another thing for the sort of the introverts and the, the avoiders. Um, like like I've always been, you know, the the advent of emails and then text messages and everything was a blessing and a curse for someone like me because it was a great way to keep in touch. And I, people who know me will always be like, you know, oh, I'm receiving a message from Jamie. It's it's never just one line, you know, <laughs> it's sort of a little essay. But um, that's great. But also it was just another way to avoid actually talking um, and stuff. So I've never been much of a phoner. but um, but people have been phoning me, and that that that's been great. And I've 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 made a couple of phone calls myself. Um, yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I just think the whole thing we can surely learn from this is, I mean, and I and I've learned from from the last two years myself in my situation. Like I say, where I, I've ended up on it was initially um, what was that? Um, what was the thing before Universal Credit? Um, Oh, um, anyway, I'm on universal credit now. And, you know, I thought if you'd have said to me sort of two years ago, well, you, you know, you're, you're, you're registered homeless, you haven't got a job, you, you, you feel basically completely unemployable, just in a complete mess. How are you going to survive? I don't know. I just always had this thing of just one foot in front of the other survive day to day. Well, that's what this is like. And, and I feel terrible for people who are losing their jobs or they're, they're self-employed situation is you know it's suddenly just disappeared in front of them and i'm very lucky in that i'm already on universal credit so weirdly i'm probably yeah i'm probably one of the lucky ones um but the thing is like i like i said before i I now know through being sort of touched by uh, someone who like i said wasn't a blood relative but i did i did value as sort of almost an extra grandparent really who's who's just passed away um, in the last 24 hours, you know, it it's it's a horrible, terrifying thing that we're all going through here. But those of us who are lucky enough to survive, we'll be okay. I, I, and and whether that's in spite of or because of help from whatever you know, whoever's in charge or whatever, you can always find a way. You know, it, it doesn't have to be completely the end of the world. And and if in the meantime, while things are a bit out of our hands. If we can just let life slow down a bit and spend time with our kids. I, when I have my daughter with me, which will be maybe, you know, last year in the summer holidays, I think Enid was down for maybe four weeks um, in a row. And so when I have her, she's not at school. and I, I can't, you know, pay a childminder or whatever. And we are together 24-7. I give her all her meals, unless, you know, my mom's over to visit or whatever. Uh, I give her pretty much full attention unless you know she wants to go and watch a movie on her own or she's she knows she is happy playing on her own quite a bit but we do everything together and that's intense and it's hard for both of us because sometimes a six-year-old doesn't want to hang out with a four-year-old and and (laughs) and vice versa you know and sometimes i don't want to play my little pony maybe or you know she doesn't want to watch the football um and that can can be kind of difficult but if parents can allow themselves to spend some time on the kids level 
you can have the greatest times and I am quite good at that. And that's, a, you know, I'm, I always think I'm, I am just really lucky, but I'm, I'm quite good at that. And I don't see it as lowering myself to their level at all. They're on an amazing level. We should all be like kids, kids and animals. They just live on instinct and they, they do the things they need to do and they're, they're full of imagination and creativity and fun. And haven't got a care in the world, have they? Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and all we do eventually is put all those weights on their shoulders and drag them down. So I, I would never call it lowering ourselves to to the level. Physically, you might have to get down on your hands and knees and play <laughs> on the floor, but there's nothing better than that. And And I know through a lot of practice over the last couple of years, the times where I get frustrated and things, and I'm sitting there thinking, and Enid and I fall out and she stomps up, I'm sitting there and I, I analyse it and I think, you know, if you could just get over yourself and just have shut up and 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 been the princess there for a moment and played, you know, or whatever it was I was meant to be doing, uh, instead of trying to organise it or trying to um, say, oh no, let's not make a mess or whatever, or trying to be a grown up. Um, you know, we would just have a great time and then you clear up afterwards and it's fine. Um, and I think there is an awful lot of mindfulness that can be taken from this situation, which is healthy for everybody. Whether you're somebody realizes or admits that you have fluctuating mental health, which I believe we all have, um, and, it, and it can just come down to a case of whether you, whether you admit it or not, we can all really, we can all take lots of positives from this, I think. Um, and that's all you can do, isn't it? from your past experience and your background obviously anyone would really struggle being away from their child but you know given the mental illness that you were going through you you really struggled to be away from Ina didn't you and what was that like then as lockdown began because initially she wasn't with you was she she was with her with her mum no it was just a quirk of the timing really so the very week that Boris did his first big serious announcement um that that Friday was Enid's birthday. So the plan was I had a hotel, uh, like a and b booked up in Oban. And I was driving up on the Friday. I was going to pick her up from school. Um, she was going to stay with with me on the Friday night. And then me and her mum and her mum's partner were going to have a sort of day together on the Saturday. And I was taking her to horse riding lessons and stuff. Obviously, everything got cancelled, everything completely. And we right up until the last minute, I was saying, well, you know, I can come up and we can do that and I'll come back. And if I, I catch coronavirus, well, I'll just be on my own back down here and, and I'll be all right. Don't worry about it, blah, blah. Um, and But things kind of escalated a bit because a, a colleague of, of, of my ex-wife's um, up there, the, the weird thing I'm thinking, you know, down here in Liverpool will be far more vulnerable. But as it was, they're one of their neighbours and someone who works with Enid's mum, um, had been in London the week before and him and his partner caught it. Um, so on this remote little island with 300 people on it, that's where the first, actually the, they, they were both okay, but the woman's um, mother who, in her 80s caught it and she, she died. And so the first death that I knew about was my my wife and daughter's neighbour, right? Um they didn't actually have any contact, so their touch would, you know, and her mama are, are fine. But um, it's, you know, it, that sort of put a bit of gravity on the situation. I didn't go up for a birthday, obviously, and then it, it became a thing of when you're just trying to look at it and be sensible, obviously the, the rules still sort of state, well, children can pass between two parents' homes as long as nobody has has been exposed or is is ill and 
taking everything safely into account. Enid's mum is providing support, is working and also providing support to her, her mum and her grandmother, who's, who are both high risk, various other issues. And we we just talked it through and decided the best thing eventually was to was to make the drive and that we could do it responsibly and um, unless there was any issue, you know, unless our cars broke down, basically. But that's even, that is a factor, isn't it? We, initially, we were thinking, well, traveling, each of us traveling best part of 200 miles to meet up and then 200 miles each back home. Um, you know, if we're going and we, we break down or something, well, that's, we're needing to get, you know, the AA out or do this or do that. And all of these things have a knock-on effect to the emergency services, ultimately, don't they? So. Um, but in the end, you know, we, we realized it was for the best for Enid. So she's, she's with me initially for the next three weeks. But we got through those first couple of weeks. Like I say, I, I was just on on FaceTime call <laughs> um, 24-7. So it would be literally from half nine in the morning, we'd be doing yoga via, via FaceTime, <laughs> doing kids' yoga. And then at lunchtime, you know, we'd be eating our lunch together. And then in the afternoon, we might read some stories. Or she tried to get me to watch The Greatest Showman via FaceTime. Uh, that was hard going. But it's a great film, but it's hard oh, to watch a film. film on FaceTime. Uh, it didn't kind of, it didn't quite work. Mm. But uh, <laughs> we've now watched it in person together, which was great. Um, that was the first time I've seen it. And I, yeah, I like a musical. Um, but uh, yeah, various things. She, she would just come up with these mad little games, you know, and um, she's obsessed with her horse riding. So um, I put a little video up a little while ago. I'll have to send it to you. <laughs> but she's got these little toy horses that she can ride about on. And because she, she's doing horse riding lessons, she was like, well, I'll just do my lessons, but on my little toy horses. So she propped the phone up in the corner of the room right now I'm going to do a trot and trot around and I'm like watching her just go past the phone and then disappear and then go past and stuff for like you know 45 minutes uh it's kind of like I'm sure she brought in um, yeah she will like, yeah, yeah she will have done yeah, yeah she basically <laughs> basically wakes up in the morning and goes horses ponies uh, uh and then thinks about the rest of the world for a moment and then yeah that's how it's her life bless her <laughs> What are the rules then um, for separated parents and children? I'm not, I'm not too familiar with it. Basically, the well-being of the child is one of the most important things. So as lo- long as they're in the, the best situation um, and, and they should have access to both parents, obviously, if if one parent or, say, say Connie's partner had been shown symptoms of coronavirus or had been exposed to someone who had had it, We'd have had to maybe think about that, consider that as it was um, taking everything into account. Although, as I say, this guy who worked works with Connie had it. Um, they hadn't actually had any contact together, and they work. They don't work directly together. Um, that you know, initially that was a thing where we were like, oh god, you know, well, if Simon's got it, you know, you might. I mean, as long as it's done as responsibly as possible, as things stand. It's still all right. I mean, we we, we find out the author. The, there's a there's a helpline, I think, um, an advice line on the government website, and can't you find out? And they said, well, the thing is, particularly where she's coming from, because they live in what is very uh, a tourist hotspot, and there have been sort of police, um, not barricades as such, but sort of checkpoints where they have been pulling people over, driving up there with caravans, you know, to try and escape. Um, 
and uh, and sent, sending people back. So that she was advised on the phone that you might get stopped by the police and it can be at their discretion. So, you know, they they might turn you back and send you back to open. As it was, that didn't happen. But we, we kind of, we were quite well prepared in that we took sort of ID and things and we both, my friend sort of came up with this idea. We, before we left, we each made a video saying what we were doing and um, like, so I'm leaving my address and uh, heading up to the car park at Cairn Lodge Services for anyone who drives to Glasgow and ever stops off there. Very nice services. <laughs> um, it's run by the people of T-Bay, if you know that one, which are beautiful services in the Lake District. Um, <laughs> I know my services very well. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. But that's where we, we met up. And um, <laughs> yeah, as it was, we weren't stopped. Lovely, quiet drive all the way up there. There's hardly any traffic. Um, still people driving like idiots, even though hardly anyone on the road weird but um yeah um so so yeah so Enid's here sort of uh, initially the next three weeks and we'll just see how things you know the rules might have changed might change this week might they then it might be by the time this three weeks come up might not be able to travel more than 10 miles or something who knows or we'll just have to see but she's she's down here with me and we're we're all right for the time being is she missing her mom or does she understand the situation she's been great she did she did this brilliant drawing that her mum was explaining i think she watched the the first boris uh sort of um announcement thing and she did this drawing and her mum had explained i think the school before her school shut down they've been quite good so she you know it's kind of when boris says you can do this or if boris says you can't do that you can't do it the boris has become this little cartoon character to her i think um she did a great drawing of him uh so she yeah she gets it she we hadn't seen each other since so by the time i got her on sunday we hadn't seen each other since sort of towards the end of february so just over a month and obviously missed her birthday and i'd got this kitten so she was desperate to come here (laughs) um no she's been great you know she's she's a bright mature little girl and um I always think, as though, I mean, I'm not a great hander out of advice about these things, but I was think I would say if if parenting isn't exhausting and hard work, then you're probably not doing it right. But um, the main thing is you just talk to them and 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 show them that respect and 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 explain things, and they'll they will understand it how they understand it, which might be in a slightly abstract way. But um, no, she's great, you know, and and. She's talking to her mum on FaceTime now and things, and she knows she's here for a for a good long stay, um, and that things are all a bit strange right now because obviously she, she's not at school and stuff. But she's doing really she's doing really good. She's just taking it in her stride, which again is another strength the children have, I think. And how are you coping with um, homeschooling? Have you had to do any of that yet? <laughs> um, well, I've got the stuff on the kitchen table. Uh, I haven't quite got it out yet. Properly looked through it. We the thing with it, the thing with Enid is she loves things like um, we've started a little project. It's about horses, obviously, um, making a little scrapbook, and she she so she's been doing a lot of writing um, facts down because I got a load of uh, a couple of horse encyclopedias for her birthday and stuff. So we've been reading them. She loves reading, and re- so I mean. We will we will get to the the official stuff that school has has sent her, but um, initially certainly she's only been here a couple of days. But um, 
I don't know. I'm not going to impose a huge amount of uh, kind of rigor in in that regard. I don't think. I think we'll get through the stuff. But um, I don't know. I don't, um, yeah, my sort of uh, me personally, there's a whole other conversation. Kind of my views on the the official education system. She's only six. She's only in the first year of school, um, so she's learning and and taking stuff in all the time anyway. Um, and we will, like I say, we will get through, we will look at that stuff and get through it, but we're not kind of, uh, not as yet. Anyway, we'll get into a, a bit more of a routine over the next week or so. Um, but we're not, we're not quite, quite there yet. And like I say, I'm not going to, not going to impose like a, a full, full on school day to her, but we'll, we'll just make it fun. And, and, uh, you know, I'm lucky she's at the age she is, I guess. And she didn't have, I mean, I, I can't imagine our kids are feeling who are maybe, you know, getting ready for, GCSEs and things like that and now suddenly it's all lapsed I know I'd have been completely useless I would have just disappeared into my room and looked at football stats and, and ignored it all and tried to get away with it definitely um, that, that must be uh, a much more complicated thing for kids uh, for parents with older kids So what advice would you give then Jamie to perhaps a parent who's separated from the partner and is away from their child and is perhaps really struggling with mental health at the moment and, and being away from the child what, what advice would you give ways i've managed it um over the last over the last couple of years you know um and there have been times during the last couple of years where maybe i couldn't afford to drive all the way up or get the train up to collect Enid and things and we have gone at times for so she's th- over 300 miles away from me when she's at her mum's um so it's not always straightforward um and things so you know like i say i've had many versions of this where i've been separated from her for longer than than i would have wanted to um and and you know one day is too much really i've i've made a real conscious effort to retrain my brain about all of this and at the start of the lockdown i was just pretty much saying out loud to myself at times you know you're not going to see her you're not going to see her for a long time so how can you deal with that? And um, so, yeah, so FaceTime's great. Um, we do little, uh, we were doing little, um, recording little voice memos and stuff as well, sending each other little messages like that. So sometimes we'd be on FaceTime and you know that thing where you're, you're kind of staring at each other and not really saying anything again when it, when, and look, it's different. There's something different about the video chat thing that to to talking on the phone i think where sometimes you do just kind of run out a bit of fizzles out and you know to be like daddy you're not talking to me and we're like i'm trying to make my tea or i'm trying to do this or, or, or the other way around she just leaves me and i'm just staring at a light bulb on the ceiling <laughs> and so i have to i'd say to her look we'll, we'll hang up now she calls it hanging off oh, okay we'll hang off and um I said, but was i said if you think of something to tell me, record a little message or make a little silly little video. So she was sending me little videos of herself playing and then I'd do a little response to it and we'd have things like that going. And I'd also, like over the last couple of years, we've we've written to each other. We've gone old school, you know, and done stuff like that. I mean, that's that's how, how I've done it. I, you know, I'm sort of an artistic person, which again, I sort of see that as a huge strength, you know, in, in these situations. If you're, a creative person the whole your whole reason for being is sort of problem solving really you're finding different ways to deal with things and, and, and make things and stuff so um 
it's just, you know, it's limitless the fun you can have with kids, and and they'll lead you. I think you know if you let them. Um, like I say, yeah, and you know, on video conversations, we um, we've 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 done all kinds of stuff, and and sometimes it's just as simple as reading each other's stories and stuff. It's it's hard, and I I wouldn't profess to you know have the answers for anyone because we're all different. Um, and there are still there are still have been days. Obviously, she's with me now, and that makes a world of difference. But there still have been days where I've just felt absolutely desolate and like, you know, I'm not going to see her for three months now or something. And um, that is just un, an unbearable thought, you know. They're growing so fast and things. But, yeah, I've I've done a lot of work in the last two years myself just in telling myself to keep going and find ways to deal with it and and to accept the situation for what it is right today all you can do is deal with the moment right now and i think most of us regardless of whether we've uh you know whether we're with our children or separated from them whether we have a history of mental health problems or not or or, or whatever all we can do right now is live in the moment, isn't it? You know, because we don't know. We don't know what the government are going to say tomorrow. We don't know how long it's going to take them to figure things out with this weird situation we're in. Um, we don't know if we're going to come down with it tomorrow. <laughs> All you can do is deal with today, isn't it? So just, just, just do that and 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 try and not put too much pressure on what you know, how many more weeks or days or months or whatever we've got to cope in this situation are you still using any mental health services jamie and do you think after all this has happened they'll be quite greatly affected um i mean i suppose no one's got a clue what's going to happen financially i was having via talk liverpool i was i self-referred before christmas because the last few years christmas time for i don't know if it's a mixture i think it is a mixture of the just winter darkness and misery and um and just now it's kind of anniversaries of events i'd rather forget kind of thing sort of december january february have been a really hard time so in november i proactively i I got in touch with talk liverpool and i said look i want some one-on-one counseling i need some need some extra support right now and um and really chased that and i and was lucky enough to get it and um the, the counsellor I saw was, was brilliant. Um, we finished up actually just um, uh, when and end of February, so not very long ago. Um, we kind of we just it just came to a natural sort of conclusion for that that time. But knowing that that service is there is is a helpful thing for me. Um, I'm still I'm still taking the Benla vaccine, um, and and stuff um my my main thing is I, I i know i need more physical exercise um but you know this i'm using using the excuse that's slightly limited now but <laughs> but um no i mean I, yeah other other than that i'm just sort of um trying to keep keep a decent check on myself trying to trying to eat okay and and um and maintain a decent routine. I mean, I, I had fallen into a bit of a binge watching um, Netflix until late, and then waking up a bit late and 
but trying to at least in the hours from my day was sort of running from roughly 10 in the morning to about two in the morning up until I went and got Enid and I'm trying to get a bit well I am getting more into a kind of more like eight till uh eight till ten ish <laughs> routine now um but yeah no talk talk Liverpool have, have, have been really helpful to me and I I I think it's like like everything. I mean, some people will want to complain and say this and that and the other. You've got to be ultimately. You've got to be proactive. You've got to do it yourself. And if that's chasing a referral or getting a book out of the library or going on the internet and reading or talking, to, phoning someone and talking to them, whatever way works for you. Ultimately, you have to do it yourself. Um, and if you can, and and part of that is learning to accept help, but also to seek it out. And, and take it when it's available. Um, that that's it. You've got to you've got to be Definitely. proactive. No one's going to do it for you. And that isn't them being mean. That's uh, everyone's busy with with their own stuff, aren't they? So um, yeah, you've got to look after yourself. What about Enid's mental health then? Because I know she's much younger than perhaps, as you mentioned before, other children who are really stressed about the GCSEs and things like that but I imagine for a lot of younger children it must be quite a confusing time especially when they can't see their friends so how is how is Enid coping with all that? Very interesting actually Gemma um there's just been a bit of a thing she's going through a little bit of a phase just now but um I'd noticed little bits of it last time I saw her and I know it's been a bit of an issue for for her mum trying to cope with um but she started doing this thing of saying suddenly just saying she's rubbish at everything and oh you know i can't i'm rubbish at drawing oh i'm a naughty girl or um this that, and the other and just getting really down on herself now obviously that rings alarm bells <laughs> for me um because oh, that's my whole life story but um you know i think kids do this don't they um so i'm trying to find a way to talk to her about this that doesn't either upset her more or it's difficult because she's 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 being quite sensitive to things in terms of like um taking things as criticism so here's an example right so yeah so she's sick so the surreal conversations you have her and her little friend have made a ninja club right um up on this little lovely little mm-hmm. idyllic island up on scotland her and her friend next door have made a ninja club now she's talking to me about ninjas and uh now i don't know loads about ninjas i don't but i was trying to think you know what do i know and i was talking to her like my friend when i was little he did karate and stuff and i remember him telling me bits about karate and trying to get me involved in karate and stuff anyway i'm talking to her about and obviously teenage mutant ninja turtles uh I remember watching that on the telly anyway so I said, well, ninjas, mm. I said something like, yeah, ninjas, they're, they're all about self-defense, aren't they? They don't, they don't attack people. They, they're about protecting people. So real ninjas, it's a, like, and do you know where it, it had come up? Um, it was when we were doing the yoga and there was this mindfulness thing on one of the videos about your, your inner ninja. So I was saying, well, that's, you know, ninjas, they are very uh-huh. calm on the inside because they have to be in control. And that's how they have their great strength and they can jump very high and they can do this and they can do that. But it's because they're very in control of their mind and their their soul kind of thing. And Enid was just going, no, 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 no. Ninjas just like kicking people and stuff. <laughs> Coming out, with, uh, you don't know anything about ninjas, daddy. You don't even know. 
then it became, you know, you're trying to tell me, you're trying to tell me what to do, and you don't even know about ninjas. And it escalated. And, and I wasn't shouting or, or raving at all, but in her mind, you know, I was trying to tell her, I was trying to dad-splain her, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> which we do, yeah. do, but I wasn't. I was just trying to have a conversation. I was I was asking her, I was saying, so you tell me, tell me what you know about this. You know, I'm not going to tell you anything, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Got really upset. And this, you know, went off in a real half. I need some time on my own. Total drama queen. <laughs> um, and these things happen, you know. You know, um, there's all the sort of cliched things people come out with, the, you know, the terrible twos or the three nagers or all these things. And well, I think it's different from child to child, but they 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 all go through little phases and and things. I think for a child of separated parents as well, it can they can be getting mixed messages about certain things, you know, and, um, you know, I, I, I try to, like I say, I really listen to her and I try and have com- real conversations with her. Cause I think I owe her that, you know, that's how we certainly try to bring her up when we were together. And, and I'm, I hope it's kind of still happening with her mum, but things will be coming from a slightly different angle there. And her mum's partner, lives lives with them and stuff so you know he'll be having an input and things i know they get on really in it and he get on really well which is really good um but you know yeah it's you just have to have to listen to them and talk to them and find find the ways that the sort of common ground and things when they're younger sometimes it's you you know you can you can sort of say things that maybe go into their head and and processes maybe not what you intended, but I don't know. My belief is you have to at least sort of try, try and talk to them, and and um, rather than sort of avoid it and say, oh, it's just a, it's just a phase. It'll be all right, you know. Well, I don't know. I, I'm not sure about that, and I, you know, maybe this is something for me to uh, read up on or talk to an expert about. But my my gut instinct is always to just try and try and talk, and I, I don't literally grab hold of her and say, you're not rubbish, you're not this, you're not that. I want to find out why she's saying that these things, you know, um, it's, it's really, really interesting. Um, it's a fascinating challenge being a parent and I, I really miss it when, when she's not right here, it's a lot more difficult to do remotely, <laughs> you know, but, um, but when we are together, you know, we, uh, we just try and work on things, you know, and if we do have a falling out, try and have a, a good little chat afterwards and make sure we end the day on a on a positive note kind of thing and that's it i i i, I owe it to my child that you know i think if you bring a child into the world you you owe you owe them all of that so finally jamie what what advice would you give to someone who is obviously self-isolating or is at home during lockdown to look after their mental well-being doesn't have to be necessarily a parent, but what what's what's some of the general things that you would have? I really I really just think you know, this can be a, a time where everyone can just slow down a bit, pick up pick up that book they've been meaning to finish or been meaning to read, um, do a bit of I don't know, write some stuff down. Um, I've been, been getting my mum to write down sort of her memories of she was struggling initially, and uh, for ages I've been saying to her, "Will you write, write down?" Stuff you remember about my grandparents from like when when she was growing up in um, down in Halewood and um, 
you know, Farina Tridi and stuff and, and memories of her childhood and places that we can go and see. So well, this is where Nanny used to play when she was a little girl or whatever. And um, I don't know, I think there's lo- loads of ways, you know, do a bit of cooking, do a bit of gardening, do just just let go of the the stuff that, you know, you think, oh gosh, you know, I, I can't believe people when they say, oh, no, I miss, I miss the office being around people. Like, gosh, like, <laughs> I haven't worked in an office for a long time, but my most dreaded thought would be the idea of, oh, I've got to go back to the office, you know. <laughs> um, there's, yeah, yeah, pick up the phone and talk to someone you haven't spoken to for ages. There's, there's loads of ways. I think there's loads of ways to fill your time. But also, I think it's important to not feel too guilty about doing nothing, too. Just have a rest. Why not have a nap? I don't know. I'm not a great napper, but uh, why not just just put your feet up? And we're all we're all in limbo here, so embrace the limbo. There we go. There's the hashtag. And what's the what's the first thing you're going to do once lockdown is over? <laughs> like I say, the weird thing is my life hasn't changed a great deal. It really hasn't, uh, and I I don't know. I because I, uh, I sort of. I was thinking about this the other day, you know, short, you know, the moment they, they, they relax certain things or how are they going to do this? You're going to have to do this carefully because if they say, right, all the pubs can open, everyone's going to go mad and just leg it to all the pubs, aren't they? And it's going to be chaos and there's going to be queues outside <laughs> yeah, all the pubs. Yeah, all the barbers. You know, <laughs> like, how's it going to, you yeah. know, there's not going to be any beer left after like an hour. Like, how are they going to do it? So we've all got to try and be a bit calm about it but loads as we've seen with the supermarkets and with everything people won't um now like i'm not saying i'll be i i would just do what i always do with really but so it hasn't really changed my life a great deal i i what what do i what do i miss uh i think one of the yeah i'll go and have a really nice burger somewhere i don't believe you can make a really nice burger at home mm. no so it's not the same i think that yeah, a burger. There we go. Yeah. Yes, that sounds good. Yeah. Yes. And on that note. But, uh, oh, Enid's just, Enid's just come in. How are you doing, Enid? You watched your movie. Good girl. I think we've covered quite a lot there, Jamie. Thank you so much for your time because we have been on the phone for an hour. So I do really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Really enjoyed it.